Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. What's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? I am so glad to be back with you today. How are you today? How's your heart? Have you checked in with yourself? I hope that you're taking time out just for you. Whatever that is, that, that may be, even if it's like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. If you don't have that, then dedicate five to yourself. Will you just sit in silence? You shut up the noise, put your phone down, put it on do not disturb or turn it off for that five minutes. Just take some deep breaths in and out, drink some water, just kind of clear your mind. Release the tension from your heart and from your body. If need be, roll your shoulders back a little bit. Just kind of loosen up a bit because you got to take care of you. If you are not taking care of you, who's going to do it? I mean, think about that. Most people, most adults do not stop to think about if I don't do it, who's going to do it? They think about it in a negative way. Like, if I don't do it, how's it going to get done? Okay, but if you're not here to do it, I guarantee you, it'll get done. Some way, somehow, somebody else is going to find a way to get it done. So, this is not your opportunity to stress yourself out, to overwork yourself, to make yourself sick, to worry, worry, worry about trying to get something done. When God says, I just need you to rest in him. Rest in the Father. That's all God asks of you. Seek him first. Live in the balanced life that he's telling you to live. That's the righteous way of living. It's understanding that there's a balance to everything. That you don't have to do everything in your own strength. You can trust in your Heavenly Father to take care of some things. And I know most people feel like that that's like either something done, Andrea. It's it is and it's not. And the reason why I'm saying that is because there was a time when my faith was small. And so I thought that okay, if this didn't get done, it wouldn't get done. And then God had to take me on a journey to realize. If you're not doing it, I'm going to get it done in somebody else either way. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, I know sometimes you hear like, oh, somebody else to do it in a bad way because we think about like our dreams and our goals. But I'm saying something simple as if it's like you got to get to the market or you got to, you know, take care of this bill this day or, you know, you have to work um, to pay the bills or whatever. And you're like, if I don't, if I don't, it's not going to get paid, it's not going to get done. That's your limited thinking. That's your limited faith talking. I know because I was there. And then God had to take me on a journey to show me if you're not getting it done, I'm still God. I'm still going to get it done for you. I just need you to trust in me and my authority to, to get it done. To understand that the things you've been trusting in are resources. But I'm the ultimate source, says God. I'm going to get it done. And so there were many times where I felt like, oh, man, this happened or that happened. Or um, even when I was dealing with uh, sickness and health and with my uh, with my body and I was wondering, like, how would I get even to the doctor's office? And do you know what God provided when it was time to go to the doctor's office? God provided. I don't mean that God provided me the strength. No, because many days I didn't have the strength, but God provided somebody who was available when I opened my mouth to trust that God had somebody out there for me that was not only just praying but then also if God put somebody in my heart to reach out to to ask for help and many of you out there you are dare I submit for your consideration stuck in pride you are too afraid to ask for help you barely don't even want to talk to God to ask for his help and he's saying I need you to take down that wall take down that barrier so that i can get you 
the help that you need. I don't want you buried in the things of this world and buried in the concerns and the stress and the worry and the fears and the problems of this world that you can't see your way out and you can't see that my light is right there with you. God says, I just need you to open your mouth and call out to me. And then trust, even if you have mustard seed faith, a little bit of faith to believe that God will do what he says he will do. And so that leads me into today's message. I believe I had to start that way because somebody needed that this morning or this afternoon or this evening. Whenever you listen to this episode, you needed it at that time. There's no coincidences with God. Whenever you listen to this episode, it was the time you were meant to listen to it. And so today's message, we are in a trigger war series where I am teaching you battle strategies to uh, deflect and defeat the enemy's attacks in your life. I am giving you practical tactics with spiritual principles behind them so that you can fight the enemy on all fronts, not just the... um, the natural world but in the supernatural of the spiritual world as well so that you can attack the enemy uh on all fronts and so today we are at part six and this is barriers not burials Mm -hmm. yep god gave me this word called barriers not burials and so before we get started i want to say a quick prayer and then we're gonna get on into this thing okay spirit of the living god we come to you right now we just want to say thank you Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God, for allowing this opportunity for my brothers and my sisters to hear and receive a word from you, Father God. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. May you get the glory from our lives. Father God, so many are stressed out. So many are hurting. So many feel like they are buried under the weight of life. And so, Father God, we... Bring that to light. We lay it at your feet. And we say, God, can you have your way? Can you take the burdens from your children? Can you take the heaviness that may be surrounding somebody's heart right now? Can you take the headache that may may be consuming somebody's mind right now? Father God, just release them from what is holding them hostage and fill their hearts with love, their minds with peace, their bodies with rest. God, we lift up every troubled person right now under the sound of my voice, and we say, Lord, have your way. Do what only you can do, Holy Spirit, and get the glory. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, so barriers, not burials. And I wanted to talk about this, or rather God wanted me to talk about this, because he wanted to kind of break down how we look at issues or troubles or problems in our life. Because many times people think that when they're going through wilderness season or when you're going through like a tough time in your life, whether it be a tragedy or trauma or uh, something happened at work or, or, or your family's just frustrating you, kids stressing you out, whatever it is, we think, oh, well... Uh, this is burying me. I, this, this, I'm never going to see the light of day. There's no way like better is going to be up ahead. And you don't realize that it's just a barrier. It's just a blockage. But there's always ways around barriers. If you ever even think about right now, I'm envisioning like a highway. And if you're driving on a highway, you see that there's a barrier on that's uh, separating the highway, depending on like if you're on a mass highway where there's several lanes going um, north to south or east to west. There's a barrier there separating the lanes, but then there also may be a barrier uh, separating the lanes that need to bear off to another highway or the lanes that's going straight on that same highway you're on. But there's a way around the barriers. Even if you were to pull over, you see that there's land in between the barriers uh, that separate, like, like a Y shape that would take you either to the one way or that would keep you going to the straight way you were going basically bottom line is that there's always ways around barriers it's just about changing your mindset when you change your mindset you're able to see what you could not see 
when you choose to take a step back that's why i like to start with asking you sometimes like how are you feeling today what's going on with you did you check in with you because when you take that moment to just take a step back sit and be still and just see about you for a minute even in that five minutes or 15 or 20 minutes that you can give yourself where you're just having no distractions, where nobody's bothering you. And if some of you are like, well, I'm at work, Andrea, go to the bathroom. <coughs> Nobody going to bother you in the bathroom. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> nobody's going to bother you in the bathroom. If they bother you in the bathroom, something's wrong. Okay. But most likely, and I mean something's wrong with them for bothering you in the bathroom, and, and not just letting you go to the bathroom and be in peace. So if you're in the bathroom, just go to the bathroom. I mean, if you're near a bathroom, just go to the bathroom. And, you know, you may not like the smell or something. Because most bathrooms don't really have, like, a nice smell. Unless it's, like, your home bathroom. Um, but if, if it's not, like, a funky smell, <laughs> go to that bathroom. Close if there's a, um, if there's stalls. Close that bathroom stall door, and as long as it's not a, na- a nasty bathroom or it's not like a teeny tiny bathroom where you can't like move around, just kind of stand in the corner, you know. Or if it's not that type of bathroom, um, then go I don't know, go out to the car or something. Or if you don't have a vehicle, then just go step outside for some fresh air for a minute and get yourself together. And if you have to tell your boss or whoever, like, what you're doing, then just say, hey, listen, like, I I really just need a few minutes just to clear my head. You know, I'll, I'll answer that. I'll get back to that in one second. I think a lot of times most people think that they can't speak up for themselves. You think that, well, because I'm working for somebody else, I can't stop and just say I need a minute. But you can but the problem is, if, you're, if you don't advocate for yourself, how does that person know what you need? They don't. You have to be your own advocate. You have to speak up for yourself to say, you know what? I'm a little stressed out right now. I'm a little worried right now. I'm a little just agitated or irritated right now. I'm a little overwhelmed right now. If you just give me five minutes, I will get back to you. But if you don't speak up, a person doesn't know. Closed mouths don't get fed. Many of you can implement this even in your home. If you're living with somebody, if you are, whether you're married or you live with family, whatever your dynamic is, I don't care. Tell the per- the people or the person that you're living with what you're going through. And it doesn't necessarily mean going into detail. You could just say, hey, I'm having a moment right now. Hey, I'm feeling a little tired or weary or frustrated right now or I, I got a headache right now. Can you just give me a minute? If you voice that in a kind, gentle way to somebody and not with a nasty attitude, you will find most people will be understanding and will be willing to give you what you need. They will be willing to give you that space. They'll be willing to give you that five minutes or the time you ask for before bothering you. It's only children that don't understand that. And if you, <laughs> if you are dealing with an adult that's acting like a child, then baby, that's a whole other conversation that you need to be having of why you're dealing with this adult child, okay? But um, other than that, it's mainly children and, and typically under five don't understand when you say, I need a minute. Like, could you, could you give me a few minutes and then I'm going to get back to you? But if they over, I would definitely say over 13, they should be able to understand, I need a minute, let me get myself together, and I'm going to get to you. Could you just be patient and go sit there for however many seconds? You know, and then I know kids could sometimes be smart. <laughs> like, well, you said a second, one, that's done. Okay, well, that's why you got to be specific with kids. Give me five minutes. Give me 10 minutes. Give me 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you need. Speak. Because if you don't advocate for yourself, nobody knows that you're feeling buried right now. Nobody knows that you're feeling overwhelmed right now. You got to speak up for you. And that's a message for somebody. Because this wasn't even the way I was expecting to go with this message. I have a ton of scripture to get to. But I believe that God needed this 
uh, beginning of this session with you to go this way because somebody out there needs it. It ain't going to be for everybody. But there's somebody that said, man, you're singing right now. Like, yep, Andrea, that's me. Yep, thank you, girl. Thank you, home girl. Because I needed this right now. I needed to be reminded of exactly what you're saying. So, no worries. I'm, I'm, I'm here for you, girl. I'm here for you, brother. That's okay. All right, so let's get into the text. Let's get into the scripture. Uh, I am actually in Judges chapter 6 today. And uh, I know I started talking about, like, why I got into this. And I kind of got sidetracked. So, really quickly. Um, barriers, not burials. What does that mean? That means that many times... When we're looking at problems in our lives, it's just a stumbling block. Or even if we're looking at a season, because we do go through seasons. We do go through wildernesses. And sometimes the wilderness experience seems like we are buried. It seems like uh, things will never turn around. It seems like it's just tragedy and trials. And and when's the triumph coming, God? Like, when is things going to turn around, God? Okay, you said in time but it's been time it's been a couple months or a couple years or you know and it's like god at what point will this thing turn around for my good i've been waiting i've been fasting i've been praying i've been serving i've been tithing i've been doing the work i've been going to counseling i've been doing everything you told me to do god i've been working on myself working on my stinking thinking working on my attitude and god i just don't see things turning around and so you got to understand that what you're experiencing is not a burial. God's not saying it's dead. God's not saying you're dead. Clearly, because you're here listening to me. God's saying that there's barriers. And you have to then ask, okay, is there a barrier, God, in the spiritual realm? Or is it, or is there a barrier in the natural realm? Because what you could be dealing with or experiencing is a barrier in the spiritual realm that has nothing to do with your natural because like we just discussed you probably have done everything that god asked you to do only and this isn't for everybody because some everybody hasn't done everything that god told you to do some of y'all know you know who you are and you know that there's been something even as i'm talking right now god's bringing something to your mind or to your heart that you have not worked on you have not taken care of you have not got healed from and so god needs you to address that issue and so that could be your barrier your own pride or you getting in your own way from getting to the blessing that God has in store for you. But if you know, like I talked about before, and I and I misquoted this the other day, so forgive me. I was talking about Daniel, and I misspoke in the earlier podcast this week, and I said Daniel 14, <laughs> and I'm sure most of you laugh if you know your Bible. There is no Daniel 14. I was just talking really fast. So it was actually Daniel 9. So you can go read that chapter of Daniel 9 when Daniel prays to God for something. And then there's a battle in the spiritual realm. And it takes about 23 days for the angel Gabriel to to uh, the messenger to get Daniel the message. And he tells Daniel why it took so long. And so I say that because not just to correct before, but also because that could be your barrier. It could be a spiritual thing. And I talked about all that season. So if you have not heard any of those episodes from season two, go check them out. It's not personal, it's spiritual. Because I really took time breaking down, like I'm doing now, a battle strategy. I took time breaking down, understanding the difference between the personal and the spiritual realm. And understanding how things that you are looking at as um, the person hurt you or this situation affected you, it has nothing to do with that. It's more of a spiritual thing. And so you got to find out, like I said, is this a barrier blocking me in the natural or in the spiritual realm? And then and then wait for God's answer because he may answer you right away. He may not wait for God's answer. And then when you get God's answer, if it's something in the spiritual realm, then do the work of praying. You got to pray through that thing. You got and he might even have you fast to break that barrier. But if it's something in the, in the natural, then he'll give you uh, what the problem is. And then you got to work on that problem. And so if it's like anger, you got you to gotta start working on your anger with the Holy Spirit. If your problem is unforgiveness, then you need to forgive people who you don't want to forgive. And let that go. And let vengeance be the Lord's. Because you're poisoning yourself by holding on to that vengeance, thinking that, well, I'm going to get them back and and I'm just going to not forgive them. Baby, you making yourself sicker and they going about their lives living their best life. 
forgetting all about what they did to you. So you've got to let that go and forgive somebody. All right. So uh, I wanted to break that down really quickly. Um, And then the burials part. Oh, the burials part is about people who feel like, like I said, life is just over. You haven't seen um, any good fruit in your life. You haven't seen things turn around for your good. You haven't seen things done. And you have to understand that even if you are in a moment where things seem dark, that's things seem buried in the ground things seem like there's no light at the end of the tunnel understand that if you continue through a tunnel think of the longest tunnel in the world or just really any tunnel when you go through a tunnel as a if you're driving on a on a highway or something um if you go through a tunnel for a while it's dark but eventually there's light at the end of that tunnel if you keep driving there's a way through you got you got to just keep going so you can't get stuck in the in the mud if you're buried right now or if you feel like things are dark right now. Keep going. Keep seeking God. Keep praying. Keep um fasting and tithing and 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 keep working on yourself knowing that the more you keep at it, the more the door will be open to you. It says ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open to you. This is in Matthew chapter 7. So you got to keep knocking. That's why Jesus, uh, what God says in the Bible, pray without ceasing. You have got to continue at it, knowing that eventually it's going to work out for my good. And even when you think about a seed buried in the ground, it's dark for that seed for a time. But the seed can't see that it's producing roots in the ground first. And then it's going to eventually sprout up into a tree or a plant or whatever that will produce fruit. But there's a work being done in the ground first. It doesn't know that when it's being planted, when it's being covered with dirt and it's buried. But eventually something sprouts up from it. And so let's go to the text of Judges chapter 6, starting at the first verse. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Let me get some tea real quick, y'all child. She a little dry over here. <laughs> y'all excuse me for a second. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for peppermint tea and clover honey. All right. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. Seven, for those that don't know in the Bible, is a number of completion. And God talks a lot of numbers throughout the Bible. So um, it's good to know what numbers mean. So uh, Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel. Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, martyrs from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes, coming with their livestock and tents, were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. When they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. The prophet said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I am the Lord, your God. You must not worship the gods of Amorites in whose land you now live. But you have not listened to me. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Oprah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of the Abiezah. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. And for those that don't know, uh, a wine press is not where you thresh wheat at. This is why it's called a wine press. It's to make wine there, not to thresh wheat. And so it's basically being, uh, it's, it's think of it like, let's say modern day terms. Uh, let's say you are a doctor and yet 
you're performing surgery in the back alley. You're 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 out of place. <laughs> you're not supposed to be there doing surgery. You're supposed to be in a hospital or a surgical room that's been cleansed and sterilized doing surgery there. And so that's kind of like what's going on here with Gideon, son of Joash. She's doing something in a place that is not where you're supposed to be doing that at. And so the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And some other translation says, Mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. Verse 13, Sir, Gideon replied, um, I mean, I hear what you're saying that the Lord is with me, but if the Lord is really with me or with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. And I am the least in my entire family. Basically, Gideon is saying right here, I'm the black sheep of the family. I'm the person that nobody looks to succeed. Nobody voted me best to succeed or most likely to succeed. I'm the person that everybody assumed I would go down the wrong way or I'm the bad apple with the bunch, God. So how are you telling me that you're going to use me? How are you telling me that there's something great in store for me? This is pretty much what Gideon is saying to God. And the Lord said to him, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Gideon replied, if you are truly going to help me, that means if you really going to be with me, Jesus, show me a sign to prove that it is really the Lord speaking to me. Don't go away until I come back and bring my offering to you. He answered, I will stay here until you return. Gideon hurried home. He cooked a young goat and with a basket of flour, he baked some bread without yeast. Then carrying the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot, he brought them out and presented them to the angel who was under the great tree. The God, the angel of God said to him, Place the meat and the unleavened bread on this rock and pour the broth over it. And Gideon did as he was told. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and bread with the tip of the staff in his hand, and fire flamed up from the rock and consumed all he had brought. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he cried out, Oh, sovereign Lord, I'm doomed. Oh, Jesus, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. It is all right, the Lord replied. Do not be afraid. You will not die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. The altar remains in Oprah in the land of the clan of the of Ebiezer to this day and so you guys have probably heard me talk a lot about Gideon because I always say that like I'm like Gideon in the bible um you know I have my Gideon moments he's one of the many uh people in the bible that I resonate with because I've had moments where I felt like okay God um you know I hear you saying something to me. I hear what you're, what you're calling me to do. I want to be obedient, Jesus. But uh, I need a sign. <laughs> I need some confirmation. I need to make sure you're going to be with me. Because I'm not a fool. I know that, that what you're telling me to do, there's going to be some barriers I'm going to come up against. And I know that I can only do things through Christ who strengthens me. So if you're really telling me to do this, God, then I need to know. I need you to confirm that you're with me every step of the way. And you're going to go before me to move, remove those barriers or at least give me strategy on how to overcome those barriers. And so I had to read Gideon's story because I had you, had, need you to understand that even though Gideon felt like, and the Israelites felt like, which is why they cried out to God, that they were buried. They felt like God abandoned them or forgotten them. But here was God reminding them that it's only a barrier. I only had you here, first of all, because of your sin, but it was only for a time. Now, the it's in the seventh year. It's the completion time. And so now it's, it's time to enter to the new beginning, which is eight. Eight is new beginning. 
we know that the uh, eight comes at the seven, and so you know now that the the season has been completed and you kind of learned your lesson, which is why you're crying out to God. Now God says, okay, now I'm going to give you strategy on how to overcome the barriers. I'm going to give you tactics. I'm going to to um, strengthen up this army soldier, basically this this general that Gideon is going to be, to then take the Israelites into battle and they will win and have victory. God is saying the same thing to you today. He's giving you strategy, not through this, not only through this podcast, but many of you know you've been hearing God or you've been sensing something through his word. You may have gotten other encouragement from other uh, church leaders um, that has been empowering you, other podcasts you've been listening to that has been affirming God's word in you, that God says these are only barriers. They're not burials. They're just blockages. Tackle through those blockages. Go around the barriers. Hop over and leap over what is blocking you. You may say, how? I don't know exactly what your barrier is, but one of the things that can help you is prayer and then waiting on the Lord to give you an answer. Because many times we pray for things and don't wait. Because many people think that God is a genie in a bottle. And you think that when you rub him the right way... That's an old school pop song. <laughs> but when you rub him the right way, then he's going to come out and, and say, in and, and blue, and say, ha, ha, ha. You know, sing you a nice little dance song. Da, da, da. Wah, wah. You, know, you never had a friend like me. <laughs> and you think that he's going to come out dancing and, and, you know, as a blue man and say, hey, what do you want? He, give me your three wishes and then I'll give you immediate answers. That's not how God works. God's not a genie. God is sovereign. And so when we go to God, we have to ask him for things. But understand when you ask him for things, number one, make sure your trust, as we learn in James 1, make sure your trust is solely in him and not in the world. Make sure your faith is not wavering. But also make sure that you're asking for things that is in God's will. What do I mean by that? I'm glad you asked me. I mean that... A lot of times we ask for stuff that God says no. Think of it as, in the natural sense, think of it as a child. Many of you out there have had children or you have at least seen children, whether it be on movies or uh, in your family or whatnot. If it's first thing in the morning, the child is happy-go-lucky. And the child says, boy or girl, doesn't matter, I'm just saying child. Child says, I want cookies for breakfast. Now, you as a loving parent or guardian, are you really going to give them cookies for breakfast? No, you're not. Because you know that's not going to give them sustenance. You know it's not going to sustain them. So since it's not going to be good for them, you're not going to give them cookies for breakfast. Even though they are begging and pleading and crying, they may even have a tantrum because they really want cookies and ice cream for breakfast. But you know, you know better than that. You know that's not good for them. So you're not going to give them that. You're going to give them something nutritious for breakfast and then maybe bargain with them to say, hey, listen, maybe later I'll give you that as a treat. But I'm not going to give you that right now because that's not what you need right now. And so we have to understand that when we pray to God, God gives us what we need in that moment, not what we want. Hello, somebody. Hey, think about relationships. How many of you have been praying for a particular man or woman to work out in your life and you're in a relationship right now and it's not working? And no matter how many times you prayed, you know, for this thing to work or you've tried and you may even went to counseling and you have been trying to make this thing work. And I'm not talking about married folk. I'm talking about single folk. You've tried to make this thing work, which is another, you know, I can go into that on why you know you you should not be doing counseling with a single person if it's not your fiance leading towards marriage but i can go to that right now <laughs> but if you want to and you in counseling with this other single person that you're dating and you're trying to make it work and it's not working and you are pleading the blood of jesus over this thing and you like god i'm trying to make this man work i'm trying to make this woman work i'm trying to make this relationship work why is it not working and god says because that's not my best for you I've been trying to make that dead in your life. I've been trying to have you bury that in the grave for the longest. But you keep thinking it's a barrier. And so you keep trying to go around. And I'm like, no, boo. I don't put up so many roadblocks that at this point, you about to skirt off the cliff. 
because you think there's more road up ahead that you can continue going around the barriers. Sometimes there are barriers that we can overcome. And then there's some that God sends for our good. Like a parent that says, no, you cannot have cookies and ice cream for breakfast. It's a good barrier. You can later on, I'm going to give you a good treat. And you're going to wonder why you had to wait for the cookies and ice cream for later. But the kid doesn't understand that right then. And sometimes we as adults can be like kids. We're like, God, I want you to do this right now. Why are you putting up a barrier? Why are you giving me red flags? Why are you telling me no, God? Why are you trying to tell me I need to end this relationship? I really want it though, God. And God says, but you don't know what's up ahead. I do. You think that there's more road up the head, but I have the roadblocks there. I have the the people waving yellow flags and red flags there to tell you that I'm building a road up ahead that the that the person that you're with cannot go on. Or I have another road for you, if you think about it in a practical sense. Uh, uh, the road is closed that way because I have a better route to take you to your destination that will get you there quicker. It'll be so much sweeter and better than you've ever imagined. But you won't get off this road. And so then we have moments where, and we all went through it. There's an old school song that says we've all played the fool sometimes. There's moments where you continue down that road because you're just stubborn. And you like, I know better than God. And I ain't trying to be single. And so you just keep making that relationship work until you drive off the cliff. And then crash and burn. And then you cry to God like, God, why you got me in this ditch? You got yourself in that ditch. And this is where we have to be mature and put our big girl panties on and our big boy boxers on. And we have to say, you know what? I have to be accountable because God showed me many barriers, many red flags. That he was trying to dead this thing. But since I was being disobedient, since I wanted things my way, since I wanted cookies and ice cream for breakfast, I now got a tummy ache by dinner time or by lunch time. And that's because God always knew better. He's a loving father. He's not telling you no for no reason. He's not stopping or blocking something for no reason. It's because he can see what's up ahead. He can see what you can't see. And so that's a word out there for somebody like you keep trying to go forward in a relationship that God is saying, I'm trying to end this thing. If you don't say ashes to ashes and dust to dust in this relationship and just bury this dorm relationship and dead it and trust that I have better on the other side. I have another a better person for you than this person. I know you think that this is the best you're going to get. It's not. Baby, I'm here to tell you today, it's not. God has better in store for you, but you have to trust and see what's up ahead. I'm so thankful right now that I'm single. I'm thankful that I've chosen to stay single until God's best for me. And for what God has been revealing to me of of who my husband is, I've been praising for joy. I've been thankful for who God has revealed to me that that is my husband. Because I'm like, you know what? Wow. I see why the others didn't work. And I'm so thankful, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you've been showing me in visions why you have me waiting. Because you are, you have this person in store for me. And this person is 10 times better than what I've experienced before ever. And and just like you, I've had some, you know, relationships where I'm like, oh, this just is too good to be true. This just seems so good. There's nothing better than this. Baby, you haven't experienced God's best. But when you are willing to bury some things that God asked you to bury, then you recognize, okay, God's best is so much better. It's so much sweeter. It's worth it. And so I'm glad, I, you know, we kind of pivot this way because I wanted to break down to help you understand that there are some barriers that are good and then there's some bad barriers. Bad barriers are like red flags that God is showing you that that's not it. That's not the one. That's not the job I have for you. That's not the location I want you to move to. That's not the house I want you to move into. That's not the friendship I want for you. And we have to just be obedient to trust that our father knows what he's doing. He's not trying to lead us astray. He's not trying to um, kill and destroy us. That's the enemy's job. Jesus came to give us life everlasting. The Lord says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That's what his promises are. So we have to trust that when he's saying, let something go or don't go that way, 
that he knows why. And we don't have to know why. We just have to trust that what we can't see, God sees, and he's blocking something for our blessing. And then if there's something that he is telling us to go forward on, but we're getting resistance from the enemy, then you got to keep moving forward. And that resistance could be uh, just like turbulence with the airplane as it's taking off. The airplane doesn't stop because the wind is shaking the plane. No, because it understands that when I get to a certain altitude, that wind will die down and it'll be smooth sailing. And you got to understand that there are some things in your life where God will give you confirmation as he did Gideon, as he did me, to say, keep going forward. I've called you to this thing. I'm equipping you for this thing. I want you to do this thing. I want you to move here or do this or do that or take that job opportunity or start that business or write that book or write that song or direct that film. Whatever it is, God says, I've called you to that. And I understand that you may feel some some turbulence as you're going you may get some people that tell you no you may get some people that don't believe in your talent but if god continues to confirm like he does gideon even in um the continuing chapters after judges six then you have to continue moving forward every step of the way knowing that if god is saying go then there's no devil in hell that can stop me even if you're telling me no okay you're just a barrier i gotta find a way to get around this blockage but you're not gonna stop the flow that god's doing in my life so if you're telling me no, okay, fine, boom, I'll go to the next door. If that's a no, okay, boom, I'll go to the next door. And next door, next door. Until you find a way where it is a yes. It's just like many of you heard about um, Carver and the Peanuts or even um, Edison and Lightbulb. Where Edison says, I didn't, I didn't uh, you know, um, fail a thousand times. I failed a thousand times how to not create a light bulb. You know, with um, Carver with the peanuts, I didn't find, I think it's a hundred. I think if I, I didn't find a um, hundred ways to not make the peanut, I found a hundred different ways that peanuts can be used in, uh, in different ways. And so the no door that closed on you may just be you finding a different way to make the yes. But you got to find out in your life. Okay, what I'm what I'm going through right now, is this a barrier from God to say no or a blockage or barrier from the enemy, but it's still God's yes. Go forward. If it's a barrier or a blockage from the enemy, then you know that God is saying yes, yes, yes. But if it's God saying no and it's a barrier or blockage from him because he wants to bury something, then you got to stop pivot turn go in the direction that god tells you to go and let go of whatever he tells you to let go of and so i want to talk another uh about like barriers and um and burials more directly and so that's in luke chapter 8 verse 40 and it says in luke chapter 8 verse 40 um reading from the new living translation on the other side of the lake the crowds welcomed jesus because they had been waiting for him Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied, and Peter said, Bro, are you serious? Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. Like, come on. Come on, Sway. You you asking like an impossible question here. But Jesus, who does the impossible, says, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden any longer, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched them and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. He told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. 
just have faith and she will be healed. When they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone in with him except Peter, John, James, and the little girl's father and mother. The house was filled with people weeping and wailing, but he said, stop the weeping. Hush that noise. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at Jesus because they all knew she had died. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, My child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned and she immediately stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted that they not tell anyone what happened. And so I wanted to talk about this because as we see in, you know, directly with this, that there were barriers in both ways. For the woman with the issue of blood, the daughter, there's other um, scripture texts and in, in the other forms of the Gospels where it, it uh, mentions how she had to push through. It gives a little more detail on her part of how she had to push through, how weak she was, having to push through this crowd to get to Jesus. And, and her belief the whole entire time, thinking that if I can just touch him and his garment, then I know I will be healed. I will be restored. And so for her, there was a barrier of people. And this story always hits home for me because I was that woman. Unfortunately, um, in 2017, I started to have uh, what's called abnormal uterine bleeding. And I didn't know what was going on at that time. And unfortunately, I was foolish and I didn't go. Um, well, I went to the hospital when it first started and I was just told that it's just your period. It's fine. I said, okay. And then I went home. But the bleeding never stopped. And I was foolish and I didn't go back to the doctors because I'm like, well, they just said it's my period. It's fine. Well, the bleeding kept getting worse and worse and worse. I might have had like a few days where it might stop bleeding and then it would start again. And this was every single month. And I call myself foolish because I didn't go to the doctors. And so fast forward to, um, and this is one of many health issues I was starting to have at that time. Uh, because it started with this one thing. And so... Fast forward to September 29th, 2018, almost a year later, my body completely crashed and I went into the ER and they were looking at me shocked. I mean, they pretty much almost said, it's the grace of God you made it in here alive. Your blood platelets are completely shot. Like they're empty. Like we need to do a blood transfusion because... You don't have more blood in you, like you, or or you rather you have like limited blood stores in you. Like your your stores are dried up. Your iron levels are low. I mean your your B two. I mean everything was just depleted. And so I started working with a hematologist, and thankfully I had a great still do because I'm still working with her. Uh, I have a great hematologist, and she was like, I think it's too risky for her to do a blood transfusion, and she went a different route. Um, to try to see if she can get my body to produce its own iron um, blood stores for a while. So I was in a hospital um, consistently for a week and a half. And then um, I was able to go. Well, I actually dis- made myself discharged because they, they wanted to keep me longer. But I complained so much because I don't like hospitals. <laughs> so I complained so much that they, you know, all, I think just about all hospitals or at least hospitals in um, Pennsylvania they don't keep you if you don't want to be there and so they sent me back home and again foolish me because <laughs> I was I managed to be because it's around the same time as my birthday my birthday is October 10th and so I wanted to be out to celebrate my birthday <laughs> and so God allowed that you know he allowed my foolishness he allowed me to celebrate my birthday for that day and then literally the next day I was back in the hospital it's crazy. I was back in the hospital and uh and I was in the hospital for a few few more days. And so it was just like, oh my gosh. And so long story short, I know what it feels like to go through this process with this daughter with the issue of blood. You know, granted for her, she bled for 12 years. I'm thankful that God didn't allow me to go through 12 years, but I went through some years because even though they were trying to treat the blood, they didn't know at the time why I was bleeding so much. 
and granted we finally realized it was fibroid tumors and and how large the tumors were and so then surgery was talked about but at the time i was too scared to do surgery so by this time we're in about 2019 and i was afraid to do surgery at the time and uh and i didn't want to do a back-to-back surgery because at the same time i had to get a couple tunnel release on my hand my right hand and so i was like i'm not doing back-to-back surgery and so we did the first surgery and then unfortunately the carpal tunnel release surgery was so painful unlike what other people go through that i was like oh no i don't want to do surgery but then it got worse and it just kept getting worse and it was just like the doctors are treating it but as as quickly as they're treating it i'm losing the blood and so it's like something has to give and so i remember during that time as i was you know too afraid to do surgery i still kept praying just like this woman and i remember praying basically this woman's prayer of like god if i could just touch the hem of your garment i know i'm going to be safe i know you don't want me to die in this moment because if you didn't allow me when i tried to end my own life in 2016 to die then i know you're not letting me die right now and so god please heal my body let me touch the hem of your garment so that i may be healed and i just kept praying that and it took this is why it's so important to have the right people in your life. I talked about this uh, at the very beginning of the season. So you have to go um, take a listen to that first podcast episode where I broke down um, the different people that will help you when you're experiencing the triggers in your life. I broke up. I broke down um, why I call this trigger wars. Um, I, I broke down the six different types of triggers, uh, which are three unhealthy trigger wars that the enemy uses to attack God's people. And then there's three healthy trigger doors that God uses to strengthen his people. And I also talked about how um, how you seek counsel or how you um, get the help and the strategy needed to defeat those three, um, those six types of uh, triggers. Well, not defeat, but also to help heal as well those six type of triggers. And so in particular for me, I was so thankful that at that time, God allowed me to find or rather reconnect. Because I knew this person from when I was a child. Reconnect with a spiritual mentor. And that spiritual mentor helped me tailor my prayer. So that instead of keep praying that when you get healed or when if you can just do this, you'll be healed. Start receiving it. Start walking in it as if you already have it, as if God already has given you the healing. And so I began to tailor my prayer to thank you, God, for my healing. Thank you, God, that I am healed. Thank you, God, and that uh, I won't continue bleeding. Thank you, God, these tumors are shrinking in the name of Jesus. And when I first started praying that prayer, it wasn't happening. I would go back to the doctors and they would say, it's still there, it's still enlarged, it's still this, it's still that. Oh, your blood levels are still low, this, this, and the other. But I did not cease praying. I continued to pray, understanding that God is not saying this is a burial. He's saying this is a barrier, and you got to push through this. And so I had to continue to push through and war in the spirit, praying that it is so. I receive my healing. I believe I'm healed. And I continue to walk out believing I was healed. No longer was I saying I was sick anymore. I kept believing I was healed. And so sure enough, a lot to you not. 2020 came and we got we all know what happened in 2020 uh with COVID. But right before COVID, um, I was still praying. But the doctors were pushing the fact of surgery. And so I said, okay, well, maybe... Because just like everybody else, I'm human. And so I said, okay, well, maybe God is going to heal my body through surgery. And so I signed up for surgery. And I would say at the end of 2019 was the first surgery attempt. Right before... The day before surgery, I got really sick. And the surgeon said, we can't do surgery. And I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? I said, now God, I've been healthy up until this point. And then now I get really, really sick. And I had an upper respiratory infection. And so they're like, we can't do surgery because you have to go into anesthesia. And if you're having problems breathing, we just can't risk it. And so I said, uh, okay, God, like what's going on here? But I got through that. I got healthy. And I said, okay, well, let's try again. We set up another schedule and then um, something else happened. And then, oh no, excuse me, we seven up the schedule and actually I did show up to the hospital that day for surgery. This was February 13, 2020. Showed up to the hospital for surgery 
and I just feel like a heaviness on me. Like something is up, something's amiss, uh, something's amok. I don't think we should do surgery, but I kept trying to like, I kept thinking it was my nerves. And so I was like, you know what, let me just put myself over this. And I didn't realize it was a barrier that God was saying, no, this is not the way I want you to go. And so I went into surgery um, thinking that when I woke up, it was going to be done. I woke up, I couldn't breathe. Thankfully, before I completely faded and coded, the lady saw me, a nurse, I call her an angel, saw me struggling to breathe and she turned around and, and hurried up and gave me an inhaler because I have asthma. Uh, well, asthma has me. I ain't going to have it the rest of my life. <laughs> but, and gave me an inhaler to breathe and then gave me a nebulizer treatment. I didn't know they intubated me when they put me under, uh, which was so weird because most people say that to do that type of surgery, you do not need to be intubated. So it was very strange that they would intubate me in the first place. And so when I finally could breathe, I was asking her like, oh, okay, so how did the surgery go? And she kept giving me like, you know, some shaky answers. And I was like, why can't you respond to me? Because she kept saying like, oh, I'm going to go get the doctor for you. Why? Why you can't just tell me what the answer is? And so the doctor comes over and tells me, well, we kind of made an error, made like a little boo-boo in a sense, which wasn't a little boo, it was a big boo-boo. And the surgery basically was botched. And so they had to stop the surgery midway. And I'm like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? And so I remember just feeling so depleted and just defeated. And I was just like, God, I don't understand. Because I thought you told me, I thought that this was the way I was going to be treated, this way I was going to be healed. And that didn't happen. And so, God, I'm not understanding why is the sickness still going? Why am I still bleeding? How do I get cured? And I had to keep remembering this scripture of Luke 8. Your faith will make you well. And so, long story short, February, uh, not February, uh, April or May 2021 comes around and I go and I meet with a different doctor at a different hospital and they want to run their own tests. And so I'm like, okay. And so they run their own tests. Now I'm still, again, from the moment I started reading the scripture and, uh, when this problem started in 2018, I never stopped praying. In 2019 is when my spiritual mentor told me to change your prayer. So I started to change my prayer to believing I was healed. 2021 comes. You do the math. 2021 comes. I meet with a new doctor at a new hospital to get another opinion. And she runs her own test. And she comes back to me and says, well, it's up to you if you want to do surgery. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she says, because your tumors have shrank so significantly that you don't need the surgery anymore. Oh my God, God had answered my prayer. I didn't even know it. And so then she asked me, when's the last time you had, you know, severe abnormal bleeding? And at that point, I was like, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> because it didn't even dawn on me. So I can't even tell you from 2020 to 2021 when God really answered the prayer. Because I wasn't even paying attention anymore. I wasn't even focusing anymore. All I know is all of a sudden... I was healed. And it wasn't until that moment where the doctor asked me when that I was like trying to figure it out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus. And so to this day, I'm, I'm fine. Everything's great down there. You know, I, I saw um, a doctor recently and she was like, you're good. Like everything's good. And I said, thank you, Jesus. You are amazing. You are amazing. And let me tell you the significance of this story. Because it's not just about telling you about bleeding. I know there's some men out there that listen to this podcast. And you're like, child, I want to listen to this. I got a point for this. The reason why um, I'm talking about this in, in terms of barriers and not barriers. is not just because I read that scripture. But also because I didn't realize that the enemy was trying to bury something that God wanted me to understand was a barrier. See, when I was going through that severe abnormal uterine bleeding I was willing to give up my uterus. Now, I told you guys many times before, I'm single. I don't have any children. I would like some children one day, but I don't have any children. And so I was willing to give up my right to children just so that the bleeding would stop. The enemy wanted me 
if you go read Revelation 12, the woman and the dragon, the enemy wanted to devour my seeds. The enemy wanted to take away my ability to produce children in the earth that will do works for Jesus. And so he said, if I can get the seed before she even is, before the seed is implanted, if I can take her womb, then that means nothing will be implanted in her. That means nothing can be produced. See, the enemy a lot of times knows what our destiny is, even when we, even when we don't. Many times we have no idea what's in store for us, but the enemy does. And so when he sends attacks your way, when he sends barriers blocking you, you got to understand that that is a sign right there. Uh, like I said, make sure it's not God blocking it. But if you know God's telling you to go and it's not God blocking it, then you know it's the enemy that already knows that there's something in you that you are going to be a game changer in your family. You're going to be a, a generational curse breaker in your family. And he doesn't want that. He doesn't want you to get your stuff. He doesn't want you to get free. So he wants to continue to keep things blocked for you. To keep problems coming against you. So that he can wear you and weigh you down. Where you would say, you know what? Fine. I quit. I, I give up. I don't want it no more. And the enemy smiles at that. But God says, no, I want it for you. I would never put it on your heart. I would have never... Um, started in you where you can't even sleep because you keep thinking about that thing because you desire it so bad. God says, I would have never given you that dream, that vision, that goal, that idea to attain and, and to go after if it wasn't meant for you. The enemy lies to us and says it's not for you. God buried it. It's delayed. Uh, and because it's delayed, that means it's denial. No, baby, no. I told you that before the other day. God says delayed does not mean denied. It just means that there's, it's a time period or it's a blockage there. It's a barrier there that you need to overcome. You need to fight through that barrier to get to your blessing. The enemy wants to bury it in the ground. But God says, I want you to jump over that barrier and get to your blessing. Don't let the enemy stop you from achieving what God has in store for you. It's yours. It's yours. God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, as it says in Romans 8. You have to understand that when the enemy means something for your harm, God means it for your good. So just like an airplane going off against the wind, though it's turbulence, you got to understand that once you get to the altitude you're supposed to be at, there will be smooth sailing. And even in that smooth sailing to your destination, even if it feels like a little bit of shaking or turbulence comes, that's the enemy that doesn't want you to get to your destination. But you have to be gun-ho, steadfast like that airplane that says, come hella high water, we already up here, we going. We going to get to our destination. There's no turning back. Very rarely will you see an airplane already in the air turn back. Normally, they push through. I've been on some airplanes where they've even encountered rain and still push through. So you got to understand that the rain could go one or two ways. The rain could be a blessing poured down from God to water the, the seeds you already have planted in the ground to produce fruits, to produce the harvest in your life. Or the rain is coming from the enemy to try to stir up a storm around you. But you got to know that if God has given you to go ahead, you got to keep trekking on. Do not stop. And so usually I have my own pointers that I want to give you on how to um, overcome these barriers or or to um help you through your days ahead but i i was reading something and i want to share this with you dennis ham excuse me dennis ham has noted the examine or examination of conscience is an ancient practice amongst christians in the early days of the church the examine was a time for confession Specifically, it was a process of examining one's daily behavior against the criteria of the Ten Commandments. Ham proposes five practices that can help a person examine his or her day in prayer. Write these down, y'all. Number one, pray for light. Ask God to give you illumination to help you see his plan in the buzzing confusion of your day. Number two, review the day in Thanksgiving. Walk through your day, hour by hour, thanking God for each task he gave you and each person he allowed you to encounter. Number three, review the feelings that surface as you replay your day. 
Both positive and negative feelings are signals to you about your own spiritual state. Number four, take one of the feelings that surfaces, positive or negative, and use it as a guide for your prayers. You may be led to praise, petition, repent, or cry for help or healing. And lastly, number five, finally look toward tomorrow. What feelings do you have about the tasks and appointments that lie ahead? Whatever you are feeling, ask for God's help. Any one of the five prayer practices listed above will enhance your prayer time. All five can revolutionize it. You can implement them gradually, one at a time, or all at once. Either way, you'll find your prayers becoming more effective and meaningful in your life. Prayer should be the key of the morning and the bolt of the night. You got to understand the enemy does not want you to get your stuff. And so implement these practices that I gave you. Implement these tools and resources that I gave you so that you are able to fight off the enemy's tactics. Understanding that in the the warfare that's around your life and the turbulence, the triggers that's around your life, they're not meant to bury you if they're from God. They're meant to help you get over the barriers in your life that are sent by the enemy. But when it's sent by God, make sure that's why it's good to pray on all cases because if it's a barrier sent by God then be willing to bury it in the ground be willing to do the work necessary when God tells you to let it go don't keep going past God's barriers if he's blocking something but if he is blessing your pathway then keep moving forward knowing that no devil in hell can block stop or bury your blessings that God has in store for you amen amen so the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord of God be gracious to you, show you his favor and give his shalom, give his peace. Take care. Bye now.